All right, hello to everyone out there, and welcome back to the fifth episode of the Midnight Kennel Podcast. I'm Gina, and I'm here with my Uncle Robert Ecker. Do you want to say hello? Hello, people. Um, hope everyone had a great week. We had a really busy week here at Midnight Kennel. Um, it's a crazy time of the year, Gina, here, um, simply because it's late summer. Mm-hmm. Heading into the fall, uh, bird season's right around the corner, and everybody um, is anxious to get their uh, bird dogs, um, if they're a puppy, started and ready for the season, or an older veteran dog, you know, in shape, polished up, ready to hunt, and of course, field trials uh, will be starting. So, in fact, we have tonight, when we're done with our podcast, we'll be conducting the drawing for the first field trial of the season, the Mohegan Bird Dog uh, Club trial at the Freeland Kennel Club, and looks like a great entry. I'm, I'm really pleased um, with the support we're getting from uh, amateurs, not only local amateur handlers, but uh, uh, from New England and, and uh, Western Pennsylvania, we've gotten entries, so... Um, should be a lot of fun. Anybody out there listening wants to come and spectate this Saturday, uh, the I believe it's the 19th? I think it's the 19th. Today the 19th. is the 16th. Yep. So Saturday the 19th, they want to come to the Freeland Kennel Club near Weatherly, Pennsylvania. Um, and if they want directions or an address or whatever, they could get in touch with me. They could come out and watch some really good bird dogs. Yeah, um, and we have the ad posted on Facebook. I think the address oh yeah. is on there. Yeah, it's on the, the mm-hmm. United Kennel Club's website and uh, on Facebook. Um, the U.S. Complete. Uh, it's a U.S. Complete sanctioned trial, so it's on their Facebook page <coughs> also. Um, so I'm anxious to get started with this uh with the season me too busy day today you said you worked 30 dogs 32 32 dogs we 32. yeah we had a we had a training lesson we had a new dog came in that we we took out and uh we rode it uh conditioned worked and uh worked uh, several young uh gun dogs and and whatnot so pretty busy day um which is typical of this time of year um, with the hunting season coming around, I'm really looking forward to getting you started bird hunting. I know you got your hunting license. I, I did. I was going to announce that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got my hunting license. And uh, that's great. Yeah. And we're we're going to do some practice, shoot some uh, clay targets, get used to the um, a shotgun in your hand. And hopefully later on this training season, we'll let you shoot some birds over the dogs and uh, this hunting season, I'm hoping you shoot your first uh, bird, woodcock, pheasant, grouse, whatever. Me but too. But we want to get your first bird under your belt. Me too. Probably a pheasant. Yeah. I get I get nervous because the doves and the woodcock are so small, and I just get in my head that I'm not going to hit it. Well, yeah, so it, tiny. It, it's a mental thing. You yeah. should just concentrate and... Uh, and block all that out out of your mind, and and just you know pick your target and pull the trigger, and and uh, you're you you got good eye hand coordination. I think you'll do just fine. Um, that's a big part of it. Uh, shooting, I don't claim to be you know an expert shooter, um, 
but you know, to me, I think it's more instinctual than than you know. It's it's not you're out hunting birds. It's not about you know trap shooting lessons or skeet shooting or or even sporting plays. It's about you know getting reps in of watching the birds flush and how they fly and, and I'll do that a lot when I'm out there in the field I'll just uh, I won't even have a gun with me and a, a, a woodcock gets up when we're training I'll throw up my hands like uh, like I'm swinging a shotgun and it, it's just uh, you do that enough times it just becomes uh, instinctual that's a good tip yeah okay Absolutely. Well, what do you want to talk about today well I, I, I have a, a topic I'd like to get into but um, before that, um, we put a little post out there asking if anyone had questions uh, that they'd like answered. And I know we, we got a lot and a lot of great questions, but I, I'm going to kind of stick to, to one, uh, answer one question per episode. And um, the first question we answered was from uh, one of our listeners, Josh Bombeck. And and it, not that we're playing pay, paying favorites, but um, I think I'm gonna ask answer his question again this week. Okay. <laughs> so I he's, like this he's a two-time question uh, answerer. <laughs> oh, that's right. He did have one last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had our first question, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. So his question was, "What is your all-time favorite place to turn a dog loose for a trial or for a hunt?" Yeah, and that's a, a great question. That's a big question. It's a very big, broad question, and it's mm. it's you know not real easy for me to just name one place. But I, I guess if I had to just mm. name one place, okay, and for sentimental reasons, as far as uh, a field trial, I would say the Freeland Kennel Club because it's where I. Um, won my first blue ribbon uh, as a teenager with a Gordon Setter puppy um, in an amateur puppy stake. So uh, I would have to uh, say the Freeland Kennel Club, just sentimental reasons. Now, if the question was broader and, and you said, well, you know, what, where do you like to run a dog for other reasons? Um, I think right now um, a big factor for me um, in the walking trials is um, the terrain um i like flat <laughs> i'm not a fan of going up hills i can no you don't like going downhill or downhill yeah um but walking on, on a flat course i'm fine i'll walk do- i'll run dogs all day long you know give me another dog I, i'm just no problem but you give me some hills and and it's well, you a, got a problem yeah so some of the flatter places that I like right now uh, for Liberated Bird Trials, uh, Rodney Poston in South Carolina has a beautiful property that he allows clubs to run dogs on. It's in uh, Pamplico, uh, South Carolina. So that's, that's a grounds I like. Last year we were fortunate with the U.S. Complete to be allowed to run at uh, John Ivester's grounds, private grounds, also in South Carolina. Uh, through um, a good friend, Lefty Henry, and those grounds were flat and great, uh, really nice. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I guess for wild birds, Mm -hmm. uh, another great place that's flat and holds a lot of birds 
um, is in Freiburg, Maine. Um, Maine? Yeah, uh, I believe it's the Fiddlehead Grounds, they might call it. It's the Maine Bird Dog Club. And, and that's kind of sentimental to me also because the first championship that I ever won uh, back in, I don't know when it was exactly, the late 80s, early 90s, somewhere in there. I think it might have been 90. But anyway, uh, we're at those grounds, um, and I went back uh, the last September and I was fortunate enough to win the championship again with uh, Marty Festa's uh, pointer, uh, Harper. Uh, Blue Ribbon Harper. So those grounds are flat, good birds, and sentimental. Um, but I guess I, I really love uh, Gladwin, Michigan, for a lot of reasons. Because you know when we go out there in the fall to hunt or to field trial, um, I can also hunt and train, and my clients could come and I can guide them out there. So Gladwin, Michigan, is a great uh, would have to be up there. Um, so there, you know, some of some of the places I really like. Uh, Marionville, Pennsylvania, has a place in my heart because uh, it was when I grew up in field trials and cover dogs. That was like the the holy grail to win in Marionville um, because the grounds were so different than some of the other places. They're big, wide open, took a really uh, strong running dog, you know, reaching to the limits um, to dig up a bird and win there. So they, they're great grounds. Um, I'd like to mention the Hoffman Field Trial Grounds, which are a famous um, place for, for quail. Um, I love it there. Um, I've won there, a um, couple national championships. But it's it's a struggle for me there because it's um, it's called the, the Sand Hills of North and South Carolina, and it's rolling hills, and you're walking in the sand, and it's sand is hard. Yeah, yep, and and going uphill in the sand and then downhill, it it's physically super challenging um, when you're running. <coughs> excuse me, a string of dogs. So. Um, they're they're nice grounds but tough um as far as places to hunt i love again uh flat and i love uh easy cover um which are two things that uh michigan offers um i've hunted grouse and woodcock you name it i've hunted them um quebec ontario um maine new hampshire uh new brunswick um, and every state in between, and uh, some of the some of the New England states are a little little rugged, and uh, you know you're always lifting your legs up over a rock or into the mud or, or uh, over a deadfall. And um, <clears throat> in Michigan, you you don't have that. The covers I hunt are flat, and the nice thing is when they do a clear cut. <clears throat> excuse me, they don't leave a lot of the debris like they do here in Pennsylvania. They'll do a, well. You saw where where we train on our grounds. Mm -hmm. They they just cut and there's all kind of brush piles and, and yeah. dead trees and logs. So it's hard to walk through that. Um, so I look for I look for uh, flat ground 
Flat, non-sandy place. <laughs> well, no. See, the thing about Michigan is it, it, it's is all that sand. Sandy? Oh. Yeah, it's, it's sand, um, but that's okay because when we're hunting, like if it rains or something, um, you don't you don't, you don't have, have a lot of mud. Then. You don't have the mud. So. I'd like to go to Michigan with you sometime. I I wish you would. I think you would really. It's always like an that. awkward time of year for me, though. Yeah. yeah. Yep, it's uh, usually October. So Can I answer the question? What's that? Can I answer the question too? What question? This one you're working on right now. Absolutely. Well, my favorite field trial I went to was in North Carolina with you because that was a horseback trial. That was the Hoffman ground the Hoffman. I was talking about. Yeah. That was a lot of fun for me. That was a great experience. Yeah, that, that was, I don't do many horseback handling trials, but that was the... Uh, National Red Setter Futurity mm -hmm. um, that they held there. It kind of rotates or whatever. Um, I don't know if they'll be back there next year or not. But mm. um, yeah, uh, riding a horse, uh, handling a dog, or watching a bird dog is a spectacular experience. Um, it just you could see better, and uh, it, it, it's just a, a lot of fun. That was great, and everyone, everybody was so nice and welcoming there. That Most field really trials nice. are, are that way. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of great people out there. Again, harping back to uh, our Mohegan trial, mm -hmm. uh, if anybody's out there and wants to come and have a good time, meet, meet a lot of good people, learn a lot about bird dogs, and just enjoy watching a, a, a well-trained dog do what he's been trained to do out in the field I, I i hope they come yeah so if you're thinking about trying something new come out and see us we're all nice people absolutely <laughs> not all of us but well most, most of us, of us. <laughs> there you go did you want to try this question should we tackle two questions today uh go i, I don't i don't have my glasses on can you read it to yeah me? i'll read it <laughs> this is from barb carmen oh, okay and barb asks what do you carry for emergencies for your dogs in the field okay we did talk about this and and yeah that that kind of ties into what i really wanted to talk about this uh this episode and what i wanted to discuss were some of the products and gear um, that I like to use for training. Uh, you know, kind of give a shout out to the products that I use and just and helpful for people getting started and even some people that have been doing it a while to, to know what I use and maybe that could help them in what they use. And we'll, we'll do Barb's question first because absolutely one of the things I have is emergency gear first aid gear for the dogs because every time you take a dog out out of the kennel or out of your house and let them run free you could have a an e-collar on them you could have a tracking collar on them you could have a check rope on them whatever you have they're free and you never know what could possibly happen i've had some crazy uh, accidents and, and, and situations and I've heard of many more so and I don't want to get into them because some are not very pleasant mm -hmm. but you're talking about an animal and you're talking about nature and weather and terrain and you mix all those together and you can have a lot of bad things Anything so can happen. yeah one, one thing you you should have if you're hunting um, the places that I hunt or trialing the places I trial 
would be um, something to remove uh, quills from a porcupine. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I always have uh, forceps uh, that I've gotten from whoever, doctor friends or dentist friends or whatever. But if, if you can't get forceps, which you, I'm sure you can buy them, mm -hmm. uh, just long needle nose pliers will work. Uh, you should definitely have that. Um, that's a good tip. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, that's pretty of common. Porcupine. Pretty common thing. In fact, yeah. I, just uh, Monday, I was training with my good friend uh, Jerry Burke, and his dog went on point, and we went and found the dog on point and flushed, and nothing got up. And Jerry said, "Oh, look!" And there's a porcupine uh, oh. right in front of him. He's pointing, you know, pointing the porcupine. Um, so we, we didn't have an incident with it that time, mm -hmm. but it's very common uh, to have a dog jump a porcupine, get a bunch of needles uh, stuck in him, and oh. now you got to get them out. Yeah. And uh, you might be miles away from your truck or whatever. You want to get them out as quickly as possible. <clears throat> Needle nose pliers or um, forceps work uh, really well. Hmm. Um, you should have all sorts of... Uh, um, antibiotics and uh, antiseptics for wounds um, in a first aid kit. Um, Benadryl, you know, if the dog gets stung, stung or bit by a snake or something, you know, whatever, um, you, you, you should have uh, Benadryl. That's that's a good one. Has that happened to you? Did you ever have a dog with a snake bite? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well. Yeah. Yep. Um, but the biggest thing you should have, uh, safety-wise, is you should have a fully charged cell phone with you. That is a great... <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, and I get this all the time. Yeah. You know, I'll text somebody or whatever, oh, well, I was out running a dog, I didn't have my phone with me. Well... Why ever not? Right. And, and you know you know this from, from us working dogs together. Mm -hmm. My cell phone is always with me. And it's always on charge, whether it's in the side-by-side -side or in my truck. <clears throat> um, mostly because I, I, I take a lot of pictures and videos of the dogs to send the clients. Mm -hmm. But if there's ever an emergency, you, you should have your phone with you. And right. hopefully you're in an area where you have service and you can call 911 or find out. We were in, uh, we were in Michigan one time hunting. Uh, it was uh, Derek Zakovich. Myself, um, Joe Samantzik, I think, and maybe one other person, I can't remember. And it was a Sunday afternoon. We were out in the middle of the woods, and we were hunting with a, a, an English pointer that was a champion. His name was um, L. Hughes Signature, owned by uh, Peter Kazik <coughs> at the time. <coughs> and uh, the dog came back to us down the trail, and there was just blood everywhere coming out of his leg. I was like, oh, my God. Obviously, when he was out running, he cut his leg on something. No idea what it was. And now, I wasn't real familiar with the area, didn't know what to do, and I didn't even have a cell phone at that time. They were kind of, whatever, just getting started. And Derek uh, had one, and he was able to track down a, uh, a vet that was only, it was in, uh, the vet was in Roscommon, uh, Michigan. How far and, was that? Uh, it was about a. It was only about a 15, 20 minute ride, oh. which was great. But okay. uh, and we were able to 
it was an emergency service. The vet met us at the um, at, at the office. We rushed the dog there. He did emergency surgery and saved the dog. And, and obviously, he said we, we we put a tourniquet on it quick to stop the bleeding, and you know, save the dog's life. And, and so there you go. You know, this without the cell phone, we might not have been able to do that. And so. a tourniquet. That's a good thing. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, I, I don't. I shouldn't have said tourniquet. What we did was we just uh, we just had some rags and and you know stuffed the the wound and got it to stop bleeding. So maybe it wasn't a true tourniquet, but um, whatever. The cell phone uh, saved the day mm-hmm. at that point. So um, some of the gear that you're going to need. Let's let's go back to our first episode. Uh, first or second episode where we talked about getting a new dog um, and and getting started. Um, first thing you're going to need for your your pup is a good collar, and and that sounds so I don't know silly. Of course your dog has a collar, but you got to have a, a good collar. I get a lot of dogs in, and they have these um, these collars that like snap together. You the know, breakaway. The breakaway ones. I'm not a fan. No. Because um, guess what? That clip is going to break when it's not supposed to. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the dog on a leash. It's going to chase something, whatever. Boom. So I like <clears throat> I like a, a, a collar, uh, an old buckle-style collar, a good quality one, well-made, that's not going to fall apart, with a center ring in it. And the center ring is important when we're use when we're working birds or, or working the dog on a check rope, mm-hmm. you use that center ring. That way, it kind of um, uh, works almost like a pinch to, to pull the dog. Whereas if you just have a regular uh, clip on the collar, the dog's just pulling and there's no there's no restraint. So you want to get a good collar with a center ring. Um, I'll give a shout out to uh, Chris Yeager. He's a field trial friend uh, from Ohio. Uh, he makes all of the collars that I use. Uh, he puts a name tag on them, which again is very important. And mine, mine are simple. They just have my cell phone number on them. And if someone finds one of my dogs, you know, they have my cell phone there <clears throat> to get in touch with me. So um, if you're looking for a good collar, you can maybe uh, reach Chris Yeager on Facebook. Uh, which he's on, and, and get yourself a good uh, quality collar. Um, I just spoke about a check rope. I think a check rope's really important. You could uh, make one out of heavy rope yourself. Uh, a lot of places sell them. I get mine through um, Sport Dog. Um, How long is your check rope? Uh, good question. Um, mine is a 30-foot rope that I use mostly. I have other ones, different lengths, cut down or whatever for for different things. I, we were just talking. We had did a training lessons today mm-hmm. with um, uh, Tika, Tika. Uh, German Shorthair, and I, I suggested to uh, the owner when he first starts hunting her, she's a young dog, a puppy, that maybe he let her drag a rope, but definitely not a 30-foot rope because yeah. it's just going to get tangled up all over the place. But if she drug maybe a 6-foot rope, and the reason for that is she goes on point, he could grab a hold of the end of that rope and maybe steady her up. Um, 
so you know your check rope you should have a variety of uh, lengths but um, anyway sport dog offers a nice check rope and all of the uh, there's several gun dog supply uh, outfits out there that carry most everything you'd ever need um, one place I, I like to uh, um, get some of my stuff that I use from is uh, Lion Country Supply. Um, I deal with Eric Munden. Uh, he's a field trialer, been, uh, just started a couple years ago, but he's been very successful. His wife also, Krista, uh, they've been winning uh, at, at all levels. Um, and he's super knowledgeable about dogs and the gear, so when you call, you know, you could explain them what you're looking for, and he might have an idea. Oh, why don't you use this? Why don't you use that? He helped me out. Um, I was in need of a uh, bird release traps mine that I had. Um, I had to upgrade or, or, or get new ones, and uh, I wasn't familiar with some of the different brands. And he steered me um, to. Uh, the, the traps that I'm using now and I don't want to say what kind they are simply because <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, um, <laughs> I thought you didn't want to share. No, 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 no. I, I love them. I, they might go out of stock by yeah, your recommendation. Pretty, I think it's DT System. DT System. DT System. Uh, they're really, really easy to use and, and they're solid. They're, they're good quality. Super rugged and mm -hmm. solid and, and hold up and, and you know, 9-volt battery. And they're and loud. They last forever, yeah. They're loud. You can hear it wherever yeah. it is. I, I hope they're DT system. Uh, if they are, they're, they're, they're the ones I recommend. Um, <laughs> if not, we'll comment. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to you next yeah. week. But I'm pretty sure it's DT system. Uh, let's see. Um, Check rope collar. Well, I did mention release trap. That's if, if you trap. if you are getting to that point where your dog. Um, to be honest with you, if uh, I wasn't a professional trainer and just did this uh, as a passion or a hobby and had two or three dogs, whatever, had another, I, I don't think I would ever use a release trap or liberate a bird um, you know my first uh, you know my first champion um, probably never saw a liberate a bird um, until later in her life when I started getting into you know more field trials um, I just had enough I have enough birds for a couple of dogs that you could just train them on wild birds but let's say you do need liberated birds to train your dog and you you know we talked about the release trap liberated birds i would love to give a big shout out to trace pheasantry christopher trace down in um, douglasville pennsylvania he has a really large operation um, and they raise uh, pheasants uh, chuckers hungarian partridge and quail and what, what I love about that is his birds are super healthy and strong when I get them. Uh, it's about an hour plus ride to pick them up, but when I get them, I know I'm getting good birds that are going to act the right way out in the field for the dogs. They're gonna fly, they're gonna be strong. If I do have to put them in a pen and hold them for a while, 
I don't have to worry about them getting sick. Um, I don't medicate the water. I don't give them medicated food. Um, they're just good, strong, healthy birds. So if you're anywhere in a couple hours of Reading, Pennsylvania, because that's probably the closest big city where he's to, I would strongly recommend getting in touch with Trace Pheasantry. Uh, they're also on Facebook, and if anybody needs their number, I can get it for them. Uh, great birds. Now that's the bird supplier I use when I'm in Pennsylvania. I would like to give another shout out to another great bird source that I have um, when I'm down south. When I winter in North Carolina, I get all my birds from Hunter Run Farm, um, and that is uh, Bill and Casey Lenz. They're in Chesterfield, South Carolina, and they only do Bob White quail, and that's all I use when I'm in uh, North Carolina. Um, but their birds are absolutely amazing. He he doesn't. Uh, raise as many as say trace pheasantry but the birds he raises are super wild super flighty really strong beautiful birds um, again if you're in anywhere in uh, southern North Carolina or northern S South Carolina I highly recommend getting in touch with uh, Hunter Run Farm again um, anybody interested they could shoot me a, a private message or a text and, I, and I'll get them the number. Um, great strong flying birds. Um, and as far as prices go, I, to me, I, I don't shop around for, for birds uh, by price. I want, I'll, I'll pay top dollar. I don't care if the bird is good. And I don't, I, if you wanted to get, I, I've had this Gina several times, people say, well, uh, I'll give you some birds. No, I don't even want birds from another source. I don't want them in my pen, you know, mixed with my birds, infecting my birds, mm -hmm. whatever. I, I, I'm happy with the birds where I get them, and, and I think when you're out looking for birds, that should be your biggest concern. The good, quality. Strong, good quality, strong, healthy bird. So that's We don't birds. want bad birds. No, <laughs> remember that? Bad birds. Uh, we don't want bad birds. Anyway, um, probably my most important, obviously other than birds, because you can't train a dog without birds, but the, the most important training equipment um, that I have would be an e-collar. Um, and uh, I use two brands and only two brands. I use Garmin, mm -hmm. uh, which... Um, Basically, uh, Tritronics was uh, the brand that Garmin bought out and redesigned, but but I'm sure used a lot of the technology from from Tritronics, um, and I, their collars are just top of the line. They're durable. They're and they have the features I need, which um, some of the features I look for in a collar are um, multiple intensity levels. Uh, that are easy to get to. I, um, I use the uh, Pro 550 Plus. Uh, so it's just a, a, a dial switch um, that, that you turn for your intensities. I'm not interested in going to a screen on a, you know, an iPhone or a, a, a screen on a collar to change anything. I want to do it instantly. 
um, without even looking. I could reach in my back pocket, play with the, the switch, and and take care of uh, changing the intensity. Um, multiple collars is important because a lot of times I'll be running two dogs, <clears throat> so a, a collar that I or a, a transmitter unit that can handle two dogs is important. Um, I, I like the collars now have uh, different types of stimulus. Uh, they have vibration. I don't really use that much. Uh, they have uh, uh, audible or a tone, which I do use a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and then two different types of uh shock which are a momentary some callers call it a nick um, or a continuous um, so having the different types of correction is really important for me um, another brand that I use quite a bit and again I, I think are really good callers is sport dog um, they they have different models that I use for different uh, different dogs or different situations uh, <coughs> excuse me but their collars are uh, excellent so um, if anyone's interested in a sport dog collar we do uh, sell those here at midnight kennel they can get in touch with me um, we could help them out um, do those collars have tracking features or that's a separate thing well that's a great question um, the answer is both um, hmm. you can get uh, some callers that just track you can get some that just uh, correction and you can get some with the combo what do you like um, I like the, the Garmin 550 with with the combination when I'm uh, hunting mm -hmm. um, when I'm training um, I, I don't really need the uh, feature of um, tracking so that then I would use a collar that's just uh, you know just for correction Okay. So, and you don't you can't use any kind of collar like that for a field trial, right? That's Are you a, just that's a great question, also, Gina. Oh. You're you're hitting it I'm out of the park. I'm good at this. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Um, so, in a field trial, uh, you can put a tracking only collar on a dog, but obviously you cannot use it during the competition if. For some reason, you lose your dog, you can ask the judge or field trial marshal for the transmitter. You're disqualified instantly, but thank God you have the capability to go recover your dog before something bad happens. And it has. I've been at field trials, and it's happened to me where dogs were lost and lost overnight. And, you know, back in the day before there were tracking collars dogs run over by cars it just, just mm -hmm. anything bad that could happen did and uh, fortunately now I mean it, it was a it was a struggle there were some old-time uh, trialers that were against uh, the tracking callers they said they would ruin the sport and people would this and people would cheat and, and whatever and but it's a much safer game now and the money and time invested in these dogs by you know handlers trainers uh, owners um, thank God every trial out there now allows you to have that backup um, 
in a field trial. So great question, and uh, yeah, uh, it's it's a great way to save a dog's life. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when we were, I was at that Hoffman field trial. Uh It was before you had started. It wasn't your dog, but this dog ran away. Hmm. Now, Red Satter, and he ran... It, it was miles, and the guy picked him up on the interstate, and I thought, thank oh, God that dog didn't get, just ran over right. by a truck. And and it, and it might have had he not yeah. known. I, I didn't know that happened, but yeah, uh, I was, that happens yeah. all the time, Gina, all yeah. the time. So, but good thing they had the collar, yeah. and they were able to Absolutely. find him and pick him up. Yep, so shout out to Garmin and Sport Dog for their tracking devices, saving many dogs' lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. I think we'll wrap it up here. And I just wanted to mention, I did share this on Facebook, but we had 500 plays on our podcast so far. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, that's a milestone. Yeah, and, and we're getting um, uh, getting it out there. Uh, we're now on Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. correct? Spotify, and our YouTube our channel. Our YouTube channel. Which, uh, again, I, I think I talked about this before. I, I really want to do uh, more with our youtube channel some longer hunting and training videos so maybe ha- some cooking <laughs> <laughs> we, we haven't gotten there yet but uh definitely that's uh, something that's in the works for the future so um thank you gina for uh, all the help today we got a lot of dogs worked and uh got our podcast done so yeah well thank you i had shape. a great time today <laughs> all right all right thanks guys